I just made a coffee for James and I. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I made a coffee, a separate coffee for each of us. We're not just sipping from a communal mug. <laughs> it's one mug, two giant straws. Um, uh, that's the worst two girls, one cup ripoff I've seen so far. <laughs> one mug, two giant straws. One of the better that I've seen. Less uh, oh. pornographic, which is a real advantage. Yeah, much more to do with just the cafe culture of Adelaide. Mm. Do you want to move your mic stand? Um, considering it, I think, uh, that, what are my levels here? You're doing okay. Okay. You know, I was thinking about our recording setup the other day, because I've been talking for a while about how I want to go spend 600 bucks on the, <laughs> yeah, the Zoom. Portable, hey, on the, on, yeah, because I want to do an episode while walking. I know. Oh, I tried to move the mic sound <laughs> with your foot, and instead you just rocket the mic into your chest. Yeah, that'll happen. Um, as you rock, 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 rock the microphone into your chest. Most of this is going to get cut. So Freestyler, okay. <laughs> straight from the top of your chest. No. Um, <laughs> That's not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, that might. Fuck. <laughs> Episode 15! Episode, are we up to 15? Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. recording number 15. Okay, okay. Of pods. In the key? Of Springfield. Of Springfield. Of Springfield. Okay, cool. Um, All right. Today we look at uh, two episodes of The Simpsons. I thought we might do something different this time. I thought we might look at two episodes. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Is yeah, that a, that's is, smart because we've been. Um, is that all right with you? We've been editing the episodes together so that they resemble one episode by cutting out the credits in between and just uh, continuing to roll. Speaking of things that you, that get cut out, why do you keep cutting out my references to Freestyler by Bombfunk MCs? <laughs> Can you give me an example? Um, well, just before when you uh, tried to move the mic stand with your foot and you rock, 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 rocked the microphone into your chest. Did they do any other songs other than that one? Bomb Funk MCs? Yeah. Oh, I mean, they had the the Freestyler remix. Yeah. They had the Freestyler radio edit. Remember when you used to buy like a CD single that had a radio edit on it? Which was pretty and much. Then you'd realize you had bought the wrong CD if you bought the radio at one. No, 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 no. Like just it, listen to the fucking radio. Yeah, well, true. It's playing right now. True, but the days when you'd go spend like ten dollars on a CD single and it would have like "Say La Vie" by Bewitched, the album version, and then track two would be "Say La Vie" radio edit, which is the same but with a shorter intro. <laughs> That's all the difference was, and then it would have like "Say La Vie" such and such edit, where it would normally be. Like, a, it would either go, like, a, a techno version, or they would put, like, a one kilohertz filter on it to give it a tinny sound and say, yeah, look, it's like a, it's like if the song was recorded in the 60s. Universally terrible. Nick, this, uh, this, do you remember when anecdote is far too specific to be universal? Okay, do you remember when we watched Homer versus Lisa versus the Eighth Commandment? It was Homer versus Lisa and... The Eighth Commandment. Lisa and? Find, yeah. Oh, I thought it was a three-way cage match. No, no, no. Lisa is on the side of the Eighth Commandment. On the which, side uh, of the Eighth Which com- one is the Eighth Commandment? It must be like a... Thou shall... Uh, bother thy father about thy cable? Thou Unless sh- thy... Is, isn't beeth, it... Uh, 
purchasing thy cable in the legaleth sense. Thou shalt not let moochers into thy hut. Yeah, I believe that might be it as yeah, well. I, th- I think that's the uh, that's the King James translation of, of what you just said, mm. of whatever that was. Yeah, I'm King James. And I, oh, I forgot your name was James. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, we should open actually. We um, I opened up on Twitter asking if anyone had any questions for us. Should mm. we do that on this episode? Yeah, okay. Should we maybe do? We could do at least one of them, can't we? Uh, yeah. We had a question from, I'm going to assume listener Isaac Nunn. Uh, maybe he just follows us on Twitter. Maybe he's listening. Isaac, hello. Uh, the question was: Are there any seasons or runs of episodes that you are dreading having to talk about? Hmm. And I actually have given this some thought, and I've realized the ones that I'm really dreading talking about are the ones that I really enjoy, my favorite episodes. Interesting. Is that because you think I'm going to come along and ruin the episodes with all my unnecessary rants about Bewitched? (laughs) I feel like it's more likely that I will somehow ruin the episode. I don't know, like, we'll get to, like, Cape Fear, Homer Goes to College, Marjorie's of the Monorail, and... I'll fuck it somehow. That's my concern. I'm not worried about right. watching the episodes I don't like, because then we can just talk about the Jetsons or whatever, but when we're, t- <laughs> when we're talking about the ones that I really love, I don't know. I feel like where the problems I'll get to out. the end of the episode and think, if only I'd done more. I could have I could have done more. This God Watch could have... Uh, I'm not going to make a Schindler's List reference, actually. Uh, yes. So that's my response. The ones that I really like. Which is quite a few, because um, I don't know if you know this, but I really like The Simpsons, mm. the hit television show. Not sure that I've... From the uh, early 90s? No, never heard of it. Okay. It was like the prequel to Futurama? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So, what's your response to this question that I've thrown at you? The run of episodes that I don't want... Well, I guess, from my point of view, I don't know that I have a run of episodes that I'm not looking forward to. Um, obviously there's, there, there's, it's widely accepted that there's a drop in quality, mm. but I mean, that's several years ahead of us at this stage, um, to the point where who knows if there'll even be a world yeah. for us to do our podcasting in. So I think, I don't know. I mean, thanks for your question, Isaac, or whoever you said you were. You were. Isaac Nunn, yes. I- Isaac Nunn. Um, what do you think this podcast will look like in the future? You know, when we get up to these episodes, uh, might sound a little something like this: uh, "Beep boop, Nick. I am Space James. Space James. Space James. Beep boop. What the fuck? I am also a robot. Wait, am Beep I- boop. It is the future. Am I also a robot? I don't know. <laughs> it's up to you. Why do they edit? Haven't they edited out beep boops yet? Siri doesn't beep boop. Siri is a modern robot. You don't say, hey, Siri, what time do I need to leave to get to my appointment? She says, ah, oh, beep, beep, fucking seven past twelve. Does your Siri not beep, boop? No, it doesn't. Mine is it is, supposed to? Mine is a hearty beep, booper. A hearty beep, booper. Yeah. Do you call her Betty beep, boop? No, I think that would be trite and unnecessary. Oh, well, that is... I call is... her Siri. That's her name. That's what she... <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So, what, are we, what, are we, what did we watch today? Uh, Homer versus Lisa and the Eighth Commandment. Uh, eight out of ten. How many? There are ten commandments. Do you know the commandments, Nick? No, no. That's fair enough. Uh, so in this one, Homer steals Cable, 
Mm-hmm. He commits an act of piracy, as just about everyone in Australia has. Yes. Since our media landscape was for a long time completely fucked, and Com- still kind of is yes. to some extent. Yes. Uh, you know, once affordable solutions like Netflix and Stan started to come in, piracy dropped off considerably because, mm-hmm. you know, piracy is largely the fault of the providers who don't want to mm-hmm. make their content easily accessible. It's, but it, it's very rare that piracy has been about price. It tends to be about convenience, in, yes. in my experience. Yep, absolutely. Yep, 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 yep. No doubt, no doubt. So, yep, uh, no doubt. So, Homer is, of course, the. I'd like to remind everyone that we are watching these on a DVD. <laughs> we are indeed. We I, have uh, purchased I've... these legally. Yes. I also own all of these DVDs, so I'm not even committing any sort of like secondary theft here. Yes. By, uh, I, I own... Because that's what it's called when you enjoy something that somebody else bought, isn't it? Secondary theft. Yes, exactly. You're the lawman. You can. Uh... Secondary theft, it, yeah, if you go around to someone else's house and watch a DVD that they own and you don't, yeah. oh boy, you'd better go running from the cops. I mean, according to the warning screen on these DVDs, what is it like? You can't watch it on an oil rig, I think is one of the things yes. they specify, or like in yeah, a school. Yeah. Mm. Schools, oil rigs, they're all out. Yeah. They're all out. Oil rigs must be really depressing places. You're just not allowed to watch DVDs on them, I think. I had a friend that worked on an oil rig for a few years, and I can tell you that he never pirated as many TV shows in his life as he did before heading off to an oil rig. To the point where he would download whole series of things that he'd never heard of, just to watch them to see if they were any good. Yeah, when he wasn't busy, uh, what are you doing on oil rig? You just sort of oil yourself up and slide around? Saying, look at this rig! Okay. Well, that was his experience. I don't know if that's <laughs> typical. Nick, I don't think your friend was on an oil rig. <laughs> this doesn't... Uh, uh-huh. that's, we can come back to that. Uh, uh, chalkboard gag. I will not make flatulent noises in class. Yeah, we talked about this. Is flatulent an adjective or mm. the correct adjective in this case? Mm. So, flatulence, L-E-N-C-E, mm. is, you know, the the, the noun for... F- Farting. Yeah. The noun for doing little farts. Yeah. Out your little bum. Sure. Flatulent. I'm not convinced that that's the right adjective. I mean, it sounds like it is, but I don't actually think that it... Mind you, I had an hour to look this up and I haven't. (laughs) Neither did I. The English teacher among us. So, you know, it's probably fine. It's, uh, I don't know. Bart's Bart's a little farty boy. But that's the other thing is that... Is he doing the like the the hand in the armpit trick that I was never able to get to work? No, me neither. Yeah, have we got weird armpits? I don't know. Is there maybe the kids who can do that have the weird armpits? Oh yeah, good point. Is there something you're meant to be able to do? Whereas we've got smooth, shiny metal armpits. Beep boop. Is that right, James? Beep boop. Space James. Uh, error, error. Wait, wait. That's future James. I'm getting mixed up here. Uh, which character am I right now? Space James. Mr. Spacely? You want to go back to Spacely Sprockets? <laughs> I think I want to get back onto The Simpsons. I refuse. The the very topic of this podcast. Uh, All right. Phil Hartman plays Moses in this episode, mm. which I enjoyed because I think I feel like there's a thread of Phil Hartman playing biblical characters in The Simpsons. Sure. And that he plays Moses here, Noah later, and those are the only ones I can think of. Yeah. That's enough to call a thread. Yeah, I'd I think. So. Yeah, so... Uh, we have this little dream sequence at the start about why it's bad to sin, which was interesting because I was under the impression that sinning was a good thing, but this episode told me otherwise. Well, the thing that's always confused me about the underlying logic of Christianity yep. is on the... <laughs> yeah, strap yourself in. Here we go. 
is on the one hand, it says uh, Jesus died for all our sins and all our sins are forgiven, but also don't do any more sins. To me, it's always seemed a little bit like if someone came in, if I was at a restaurant and someone came in and said, hey, John's come in and he's picked up the tab for the restaurant, all your meals are paid for, by the way, there will be no meals available for you. If your sins have already been forgiven, can't don't you have carte blanche to go for gold? Well, in this case, I suppose maybe God is sort of like the uh, the sort of uh, ineffectual milk toast teacher who comes in when, like, the substitute teacher who comes in and says, "Well, you misbehave today, but uh, if you you know if you promise not to misbehave again tomorrow, there'll be no punishment." Okay, my only question there is milk toast teacher. Yeah, it's not a phrase I'm familiar with. Can you please? And this isn't me doing a bit. I genuinely don't know what that means. <laughs> okay, I've, uh, I've forgotten the exact definition of the word. I just feel like it's one that applies here. This is a thing I do sometimes. Sweet. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> just wanted to know who thought it was a good idea to... Hey, who was the first person who looked at a piece of toast and said, I think I might milk that? Uh, that's not how the word is spelled or <laughs> used. <laughs> it's also my... That's my, uh, that's my open mic comedian uh, character there. <laughs> Man confused by toast? <laughs> no, man doing hacky jokes about uh, milk. Milk toast means a person who is timid or submissive. So I was using it correctly. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I never should have questioned you on it. <laughs> and now you'll never question me again. So On anything. Welcome to Pods on the Key of Springfield with James and Milk Toast Nick. What is this episode about? It's uh, Homer steals cable, Lisa is upset, and eventually Homer says, all right, I'll stop. Um, That's the plot. Yeah, what I think this episode is about is Homer's position is theft is fine unless it has a face. Mm. Because there are several points when in this episode where when he is confronted by the victim of his theft, he immediately backs it. You know, he hides all the mugs that he stole from Moe's. He hides all the stationery he stole from uh, the nuclear power plant when Burns rocked up to his house mm. um, until... He realizes that he might end up in jail, and then he has an epiphany of, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, and then goes out and joins the protest. But an uh, uh, interesting theme that theft is fine unless it has a face, because the law would say, no, it's still theft. Hmm. It is interesting. It is interesting, because, you know, it's Lisa's sad little face following him around that eventually convinces him to stop stealing cable. Lisa's sad little face. I do find Later Lisa- to be made into a log. Yes, yes, indeed. I do find Lisa irritating in this episode. I have a note here saying, Lisa sucks in this one. She's a slave to capitalism. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a thread, definitely. There is the uh, Lisa... Lisa's very puritanical in this one. I don't dig it. Not enjoying a, pu- it. a puritanical capitalist? Yeah. Sweet. Um, well, she's a slave to... You know, she's not at the top of the chain. She's oh, one, okay. of the, one of the cogs at the bottom, but still. And and by slave to capitalism, you mean that she's the one saying, no, 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 we have to keep paying for all the... Like, it, uh, along those lines, we have to keep paying for... Yeah, for we our- have to keep working within the proper systems because they're working so well. Ah, I see. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, what else have we got in this one? I've got a, I've got a shitload of notes and I feel like I'm going for an hour. Yep. Something I'd like to say because it goes at the very start. Yep. You may have noticed that I've been, over these episodes, I've been on Insult Watch. Yes. So, we had Lunkhead in a previous episode. We had Dingpot. I think we've got a new contender in this one for Fla- sure. Flanders comes out with two in the first scene. Yes. Well, sorry, the first post-intro scene. 
which are both tremendous. Yes. Sneaky Pete. Yes. Which is wonderful. Yes. Hulu's Sneaky Pete, starring Brian Cranston and Giovanni Rabisi. What, is that actually a thing? Yes. Came oh, out well, now this year. Now it's been ruined. <laughs> I just wanted it to be a lovely little isolated sneaky... P- oh, okay, well, now... It's a lovely little line, <laughs> Sneaky Pete. I wanted... I feel like it became a thing because of this episode. I wanted Sneaky Pete to be the barman at the bar that you and I are going to start. The Cheeky Pint. The Cheeky Pint, yes. Yeah. You go to the Cheeky that's Pint... The, that's get- the idea for a bar name that I had a while ago. Yeah, which I like. Yeah. You go to the you go to the Cheeky Pint, you get served by Sneaky Pete. It's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Um, I feel like I fluctuate between whether the bar is called the Cheeky Pint or the Sneaky Pint. Oh, actually, I think I think <laughs> the when... Sneaky Pint run by Cheeky Pete, formerly Chucks. The I think when you first told me that idea, it was Sneaky Pint. And then I remembered it as being cheeky because I prefer being cheeky rather than sneaky. Mm. Um, <laughs> But uh, the, you are far more cheeky than sneaky. Yeah, thanks, man. And itchy and scratchy. The um the second insult that Flanders does in that first scene is he calls the uh the illegal cable guy calls him a flimflam man. A flimflam man. A flimflam man, which I enjoy. He threatens to box his ears. And I also want to know if the flimflam man has anything to do with Flim Springfield. Flim. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the ad from the movie episode later on. From the to um, me, I imagine he's some sort of Slenderman figure. So Slenderman. Yeah. More content that I haven't engaged with. Please no, tell, man, tell me about Slenderman. He's a big, tall man. He convinces children to kill other children. Oh. I think. Sure. He's a big old Slenderman. Sweet. Yeah. Interesting attributes. Yeah. I wonder how they named him. Good chap. <laughs> he's, uh, he does what he can. Uh, what else happens in this episode of The Simpsons? Well, when... when uh, so, they get the illegal cable... Homer's very excited. Um, when Lisa realizes the gravity of what's happening after the Sunday school lesson about going to hell, mm. um, uh, and she Lisa imagines a hellscape um, while the family's watching Illegal Cable, something I find very interesting is that the model of the devil is the same as the episode where Bart gets hit by a car called mm. Bart Gets Hit by a Car. and um, What happened in that one again? Uh, Bart got hit by a car. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah deceptive name. Uh, but he, uh, when Bart in that episode, when he goes to hell and we see the devil, mm. Lisa imagines the same model of the devil, but a different hellscape. Mm. Mm. I mean, it is, yeah, she does know what the devil looks like. And you know why that is, right? Why? Because both of them are already dead. They've already died. <sighs> Everything we're seeing is a dream. Ah, you know, it's interesting to see that theory come back from the other side. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's just continuing what on. A, what a nice little payoff. Yeah. For your pet theory. It's a little unfortunate that Lisa apparently went to hell. Doesn't seem earned. No. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, it's probably because she was a slave to capitalism for all those years. Bart is very into hell in this episode, which I enjoyed He's a great deal. He's mad into it. super into it. Uh, another thing that I really enjoy in this episode, and this is an ongoing thing in early episodes of The Simpsons, the hit television show that we are watching for this podcast, is that uh, there's this ongoing thread of characters communicating to each other purely, uh, purely through pamphlets in these early seasons that I really enjoy. Pamphlets are good 
communication tools. In this one, Homer gets handed a pamphlet called So You've Decided to Steal Cable. And I was thinking, when was the last time that you received and read or gave a shit about a pamphlet? Well, um, it's awkward that you mention that in such a derogatory tone because on behind the couch, I have a box of a thousand pamphlets <laughs> that I've got made that say, so you've decided to start listening to pods in the key of Springfield. <laughs> and then it's a bit of a two-page explanation about, should we actually... So, I haven't got those made. But should, should we get those should made? Should we actually get those made and then just hand them out? So, you've decided to start listening to pods in the key of Springfield. Are you saying we should bring back pamphlets? I think we should bring back pamphlets. We'll walk around Rondell Mall, the main okay. shopping area in, in the town that we live yeah, in. Yeah, because that seems more exciting to me, the idea of bringing back the pamphlet than yeah, promoting yeah, yeah. the show. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean... With this way, you get a double whammy. Or what if we made it much more, what if we made it less explicitly an ad for the show and we made the pamphlet say, so you've decided to accept this pamphlet (laughs) and then we make it very self-referential and existential where the pamphlet just refers to the fact that you've now elected to read itself. Yeah, what to do next? And there's just a list of where all the bins in Rundle are. <laughs> what to do next? How about turning the page to see if there's <laughs> anything on the other side? What's that? An ad for Pods in the Key of Springfield. A show written by two sneaky Pete's. <laughs> written by? Yeah, written's a generous <laughs> it's very word. very little writing. I mean, I've got two pages of notes here. but Written uh, and performed by. The thing I really enjoy in this one is that um, they show Bart watching some movies with the family and it transpires that he always names a character in the film after the name of the film. Yes. He refer- He talks about uh, now Jaws is going to buy the boat, now Die Hard's going to jump off the building, Wall Street's being arrested. And I like this because I do the same thing. Oh, really? I always like, uh, although my game is to take the name of the movie, make it the surname of the main character, and then just invent a different movie. Right. So, oh, is that, that, that explains why your favorite Christmas movie... Uh, where you keep referring to that green character as the Grinch. Yeah. That riff didn't work. That little Grinchy fellow. <laughs> the little Grinchy fellow. Well, uh, the, what are some of your examples? Well, uh, I've got uh, Boyhood is a film about John Boyhood, renegade cop. Nice. Uh, John Wick is about Carl John Wick, who is an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Love the Beast is... Oh. love. <laughs> Is um, Eric Banner's triumphant return to cinema. <laughs> Your favourite movie, as I recall. <coughs> yes. One of the few movies you have seen. It's a dead heat between that and Frozen. Is uh Love is about Love T Beast, who is an assassin. T Beast. Yeah. The name's Love. Love T Beast. Uh to be honest, that sounds like a better movie than Love the Beast was. <laughs> What is Love the Beast about? Because this is an ongoing joke between you and I, that you love Love the Beast. Is Love the Beast enough of a cultural touchstone that we can devote (laughs) ten minutes of our episode to it? I think it's going to become a cultural touchstone after this episode. Oh, man. How good would that be if if Eric Banner puts out, if he signs one of our pamphlets because of the royalties (laughs) raised through the iTunes sales of Love the Beast after this. Of of Love the Beast. Off the back of this. So, Love the Beast is basically about uh, when Eric Banner was a teenager and when he first got his L's, um, he was given a car or he bought a car and it's like an old, uh, I think it might have been an old Tirana or like an old Ford, like, you know, one of the... 70s kind of Australian muscle cars. Um, 
and that basically he's had this car his whole life. It's been written off a few times and he's had to rebuild the whole thing from the ground up. And it was just a, a documentary about how cars are more, to some people, cars are more than objects. They can become touchstones for their life. Imagine being so famous and popular that a studio just lets you make a film about how much you love your car. Yeah, that does seem pretty extreme when you boil it down to those terms. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, I'm Eric Banner. I really like my car. Could that be a movie? Just me <laughs> and my car, just chilling, just hanging out? Just hanging out. I mean, it worked for The Fast and the Furious. There's seven of those things. Although Vin Diesel apparently could not drive when they made the first Fast and the Furious. I don't think he had his driver's license. That seems extreme. But they just said, well, we reckon you'll look good behind the seat of a car. You know, you're not really good at, like, running or walking or anything. So if we just put you in this car, I think that'll be good. The mm. film could be about you driving around and... Mm. Being very gruff and saying, I don't got friends. I got family. Is that a line I for I live movie? my life a quarter mile at a time. I'm Vin Diesel. Quarter mile at a time. Yeah. It's really got to suck when you get called up next in line at the post office. <laughs> You've only got to take four steps forward. You end up a quarter of a mile away. Uh, uh, sir, could you, could you please walk up to the counter? I can't. I can only go a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> I'm Vin Diesel. You got any counters that are further away? I'm going to need one that's about a quarter of a mile away. Those movies have made a combined, I want to say, $5 billion at the box office worldwide. Give or take. I can still mock them. Yeah, they're good. Good films. Good um, films. Good people. They're no Love the Beast, though. No, they're not. And <laughs> nothing ever will be. I love the Beast. I really love the Beast. I mean, the, how, how far can the Beast go? Can it go more than a quarter of a mile? Yeah, at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, it's oh, already yeah. better than. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. well, not only can it go more than, it can also go less than. Really? Yeah, yeah. Less than a quarter of a mile Man, at a time. Let Let me tell you, the beast has distance in whatever. Mm. Fuck. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, might be enough about love the beast. <laughs> uh, that's an edit point. There's a there's a few things in this episode uh, with the cable connection they have. That Sneaky Pete has set up. Yes. Uh, Homer's very excited about this big boxing match, and he gets everyone around, and Bart is watching the porn channel with all the pornographies, and uh, he invites all the kids around, which is actually the image we're currently using as a cover image on both Twitter and Facebook, the image true. of those kids watching porn, which I'd kind of forgotten that's where it came from. <laughs> I just liked the image. Uh, but this boxing match... <laughs> Surely that should be a pay-per-view event. Surely that should not be included as part of the standard cable package, even if oh. it's being pirated. You should have to like ring up and get like an activation code for something like that. Surely. Um, I, I mean, maybe I because events like that are usually pay-per-view events. You have to pay an extra like I think it's sixty dollars now, probably at least thirty. Sixty. Yeah, that fucking fight, whatever it was. Uh. McGregor the UFC and guy versus uh, McGregor and Mayweather. Yeah, McGregor and Mayweather. That that was like a sixty dollar fight. You had to pay sixty dollars to watch those two angry men growl at each other. Can I pay sixty dollars to not watch that fight? Uh, do you have sixty dollars on you? No. Okay. Well, I guess you can't then. <laughs> You're gonna have to watch it. No. <laughs> this is because I've got a note here that says boxing sucks. <laughs> this is a. Uh... Watson versus Tatum 2. So, I guess Jedrick Tatum, well before oh, yeah. he pops up again. My thing with boxing has always been, I don't like watching boxing, but I think there's a lot of very good movies about boxing. 
And when that fight was happening, I sent out a tweet saying, why does anyone watch actual boxing when the Rocky universe exists? And people thought that was a joke. I wasn't joking. That's a genuine question. Mm. Why would you watch people fight when you can watch Rocky 1, 3, 4, kind of 6 and 7, the good Rocky films? Is it? Now, I've never seen any of the Rocky films. I haven't you? (laughs) What a surprise. um, Are people perhaps turned off by... I'm assuming, based on my um, my general knowledge that I've kind of extracted from the tiny amount of content that I have seen or engaged with, um, all the scenes in Rocky where he drinks raw eggs in training montages, is that what puts people off the movies? But those are the best parts of the movie. What, the raw egg bits? Yeah, he's drinking the raw eggs, he's beating up it? the Why meat, he's to... running around, the music's playing, he goes up the stairs, well, and the, 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 the library well, runs I'm... up there and all the people are following him, it's, it's beautiful. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't realise he was beating the meat. And he, he, he loses the fight, but he, he, he gets love. Oh, God. And um, he yells for Adrian. Adrian! Yeah, exactly. And Adrian comes into the ring, but her hat falls off, and she gets in there, and he's like, what happened to your hat? And she says, Rocky, I love you, and then they hug, and the movie, yeah, it's beautiful, it's a beautiful movie. Wait, was the hat preventing her from loving him? (laughs) You think, maybe. Did the hat have an anti-affection force field on it? (laughs) I had a hat like that once. Did you? Yeah, hated it. Was that that a Make America Great Again hat? Because that seems to be... A hat with a lot of power to prevent people from experiencing happiness and love. Uh, no comment. <laughs> um, so, Homer goes to buy a carton of beer, and it's called a Crate O'Duff. Indeed. I really wish that the beers that I bought came in things that were just called Crate, <laughs> crate o. o, and then the name of the beer. <laughs> there is a, there's a moment in here that has influenced my feelings towards an entire snack product. When uh, when Burns and Smithers, Cheetos? yes, Smithers the Cheetos, yes, I really enjoy the way Burns says Cheetos in ah, this episode. I brought some Munchies. Munchies. Another thing I noticed, he uh, could have brought Noodle Kugel. He could have brought. I w- was hoping there'd be some Noodle Kugel, but it was Cheetos. So, yeah. Mr. Burns, as we've established, the seventh Simpson after the town of Springfield, which is a character itself. Uh, another thing that I really like in this one. You remember back to Dead Putting Society, that one with the putt-putt? How can I forget? Have you noticed that the commentator in that episode is now commentating the boxing match? Wow! He has really moved up in the world in a short space of time. Has moved up from commentating a very minor putt-putt tournament at a mini-golf course between children at Springfield to commentating the biggest boxing match of the year, clearly. Okay, here's my theory on that. Time travel? Colossus? No. Community service. (laughs) Community service. This guy got drunk and hit some people with his car. And one of the things he was sentenced to was a number of hours of community service, which included using his skill as a commentator for a children's event. Oh, so you think that one was the community service when he was at the... Oh, yeah. No, sorry. I didn't mean that he was sentenced to community service to commentate the biggest boxing match in the world. God, I would like to see that film. The, uh... The down on his luck boxing announcer who has to, for community service, commentate just various events around town. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Should we make that movie? Sure. Um, Could we call it uh, Talk Ain't Cheap? It's actually not a bad name. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) 
was, uh, yeah. I was wondering where you were going to go with that one. Be honest now. And then now. you just gave me a good response. Be honest now. You were, you were expecting me to say something shit. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> oh, well, we had fun today. So, um... Uh, the other th- this episode was very good, I thought. I really enjoyed it. feel yeah, like sure. I should say that, since yes. we just, you know, sort of ragged on it for mm. however long we've been talking about. At the end, uh, Homer cuts the cable, screen fades to black, episode's over, uh, whole town's without power, it seems. Mm. Don't get to see the fallout from that. We can assume it's really awful for, like, a month until everything gets fixed. And uh, Yeah, I mean, it's only one wire to get fixed, though. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, t- two wires. Because apparently the power pole outside of the Simpsons household... <laughs> controls the entire... Controls the... the city. In, the power supply for both the northern and southern side of town. Yes. Uh, which I find um, remarkable. Preposterous, I would say. Preposterous? Yeah. Can you have post-posterous? Post-posterous? Yeah, if it's pre-posterous, can you have post-posterous? Not posthumous. <laughs> Different thing. Well, what is... Posthumous... What is a hippopotamus? What is a hippopotamus? Yeah. Big old animal. Kills more people than vending machines. <laughs> okay. Didn't realize vending machines were a concern. Oh, they're the most violent animals. <laughs> so, um, the next episode. The next I guess episode. we should talk about the next episode, right? That's what our podcast is about. Principal Charming. Yes, our podcast is about the next episode. Principal Charming. Principal Charming. My first note here just says, <laughs> Superintendent Charming. <laughs> that's good Yeah So that's the end of the episode I think That's um, the uh, end line Chalkboard I will not belch The national anthem Second chalkboard in a row That refers to bodily functions Gaseous bodily functions Gaseous bodily functions But it's just a gassy little boy I think He's a gassy little boy Is he? Is he? Is his diet bad do we think? Maybe he had some of that um that that soft drink from the original Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, the 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 fizzy pop gas. Uh, the one that makes you float yeah, up into the ceiling and nearly hit Ex- the fan. Except he's microdosing it. You know what's really interesting about that film? Um when he drinks that thing that makes him inflate and then he flies up to the surface. You know there's like the fan spinning there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what if I told you that he hits that fan and the rest of the movie is just a, a death dream? I mean the well yeah. Yeah. Especially because there's that very convincing fan theory that, that Willy Wonka planned for every one of those children's deaths. Mm. Because the vehicles only ever have enough seats for the survivors. Yes. Yeah. And so, he, Charlie, without question, Charlie Bucket does die <laughs> in Come that fan. with me and you'll see the rest of this movie is just a death dream. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say, come with me and you'll see little falling pieces of Charlie Bucket. <laughs> Doesn't rhyme. No. Mine almost rhymed. Yeah, almost. <laughs> my, in my head, mine had a better rhythm that fit and then I couldn't get the words to work. So, Principal Charming, Sorry. this is the one where Homer is has to go and find a husband for Selma, but instead Skin, Skinner falls in love with Patty. Pa. And then they don't get together at the end, and there's, uh, that's the episode. Mm. So let's uh, let's dig into this one a little bit. It opens with Barney calling Homer at 8 a.m. to talk about Greasy Joe's barbecue bullshit. Uh, bottomless place. barbecue pit. Yes. Which confused me, because uh, why did Barney not just call him that night after going to the restaurant? Yeah. 
Because even he though he sits at home covered in sauce all night. Yeah, because even though Barney's like, hey, it's all you can eat, there's no indication that it's 24 hours. Yeah. So he's been lying there for... So let's say... Let's generously say the place closed at midnight. Mm. Let's say it took maybe half an hour for Barney to get home. Seven and a half hours, he's laying on the couch, staring at the <laughs> ceiling, going, fuck, I can't wait till eight o'clock. And I had two thoughts here. Please. Uh, did I have two thoughts? Yes. What were they? Uh, I was thinking that maybe Barney, okay? <laughs> maybe Barney got too drunk or excessively drunk. To make the call. But then I thought two reasons why that couldn't possibly be the case. Barney Stone Cold Sober. Yeah, one, he's calling at 8 a.m. Yes. So, obviously, he has woken up oh, the next morning yes, feeling sure. okay. And the other thing, thinking about my own life, if he was really drunk after eating this meal, surely that would make him more likely to call Homer and tell him about it immediately. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yes. Yeah. So, it, this doesn't add up to it me. It doesn't make sense. And and you've had a lot of time travel theories, so maybe we'll be able to tie this oh, in somehow. Maybe. I mean, yeah. the reason it perturbs me, perturbs mm. me, yes. uh, is that the establishing shot of the clock and Homer in bed, not at all necessary. Episode could easily have just started with Barney ringing Homer at some point. Why is Homer They could have just bed? been at Moe's. Yeah, why is Homer in bed? And it could have opened with, um, how would it open? It'd be like, hey, it's me, Barney, your friend Barney, that you know, who was a friend of yours. Oh, Barney! Yeah, it's me. Hey, guess what? We're, we're writing a new episode now. Let's, let's see how we go here. I'm into it. Uh, Wait, do I, I have to do a Homer voice? I can't do a Homer voice. I went to a barbecue place last night and it was, um, it was really good. Ooh, barbecue. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you should you should try it out because I liked it and you'll like it as well. And the sauce is really good, and I'm still covered in in the sauce. And oh, you um, really are covered in that sauce. Yeah, and um, can I be honest with you, Homer? Yes. Things aren't going so well at the moment. Why is that? I um, I mean, I had this. I, it was a lovely meal, but uh, you know, I was just sitting there, just filling my gullet with meat, and I just thought, "What are you doing, Barney? What are you doing? What are you doing with your life?" You know. Okay. You, you go here, you just, you eat and you eat and you drink and you never talk to anyone except for this, uh, this loutish Homer fellow that you're friends with. You've, you haven't had a relationship in a long time. You're unemployed. Like it's, things are not okay. Okay. I've got a couple of things to say. Firstly. This every- is Barney, by the way. Uh, this is Homer. Yeah. Okay. Firstly, everyone has these feelings. Yep. You're not alone. Okay. Secondly, whenever I start to question my way in life, yep. whenever I start to wonder what's the purpose, whenever I think there is no purpose, mm. three little words get me by. Yep, okay. Love the beast. And <laughs> <laughs> <End> scene. <laughs> I hope that is as funny for people listening as it is for us when we've been joking about that movie for what, like three years? Three years, at least. Oh, Ah. fuck. So, um, interesting wrinkle from this episode. Apparently, Hans Molman's either first first iteration of his name or maybe his real name is Ralph Mellish. Well, are we sure that Hans Molman and Ralph Mellish are the same person? Are you suggesting that this could be an iteration of my omelette, egg flip, gooey, raw egg time travel theory? Look, it's either your raw egg, gooey, gooey, sticky, chewy, uh, flip it in the pan, egg flip, omelette theory, or maybe Colossus is just cleaning people. 
Oh, actually, identities. I think I think this is more likely to be a Colossus clone because yeah. because it's all shrunken and weird. <coughs> yes, and also because my uh, uh, time flip omelet theory tends to be uh, younger and older versions of people existing uh, coexisting in the same timeline. Yeah, That's- although we do know that Hans Moment is only what thirty eight years old, isn't he? But he's oh, a heavy yeah, drinker. Whereas Ralph Mellish, driving is his livelihood. I don't think he drinks. Fuck. But are they the same age, though? Or are they older? Do we know? We have no way of knowing. I would imagine that Ralph Mellish is an older man is than an Hans older Mullen. man. Yes. Which one of them is the Slender Man? <laughs> oh, the Slender Man. <laughs> well, you've evoked. That's two Ooh. times. If you mention him a third, he appears. Slender Man. Bring now you've fucking done it. Bring it on. I didn't seem to appear. Oh, who'd have thought? Uh. Um, uh, yeah, well, okay. No, I, I think it's a... Personally, I think Ralph Mellish is a Colossus clone. Okay. Because I think there's not a pronounced age difference. Whereas with, you know, uh, young school psychiatrist and Mr. Burns, mm. uh, uh, young um, advanced yep. school teacher yep. and Krabappel. These are all theories you've espoused in previous episodes. In, in previous yep. episodes, yep. yes. And By the way, um, if you're just tuning in now, it is uh, very established at this point that Dr. Colossus is secretly controlling most of what is happening in this show. Almost all of it. Mm. Um, oh, the, the phrase... Um, so, you know the bit where they're in chemistry and, and um, uh, Krabappel pours out the, the chemical, the sulfur... Tetrafluoride. Really should have written that down. <laughs> Sulfur tetrafluoride, sure, sure. yes. <clears throat> I don't think that's what it is. But anyway, um, uh, and Bart and um, Martin are talking about what it is and what it does. Uh, there's something about the sound design in that scene. This is a very specific um, reference I'm going to make. Something about the sound design in that scene of uh, quite a potent herbicide. Mm. What does that mean? It kills grass and then the bubbling and the hissing. Very Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Inspector Gadget. It sounded. It sounded to me exactly. No, it it didn't sound like the theme song. Let's be clear. Um, next time, Gadget, I'll get you next time. Um, uh, no, it it just sounded like the kind of sound design you get in an Inspector Gadget thing. I actually had a note about sound design as well in this one. I really, thought, I thought. Uh, the noises Homer's stomach makes after he eats all the barbecue. Oh, really good stomach noises in this one. Very visceral. You really feel visceral. like uh, you don't want to be in a room with this man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I got that too. That made yeah. me made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, this progressing the plot a little bit here. Uh, Patty and Selma look after Bart and Lisa. We get to know them a little bit more. Patty mm. is a gruff. Selma is like, oh, I want to get married, but I'm in my forties. <laughs> What's going to happen? And Marge asks Homer to find Selma a husband. And to me, that's a very intense request to put on anyone. Very intense request. I mean, you could say find them someone to go on a date with. I mean, even that, like, I, I just think it's ludicrous to put that on someone. Like, you need to go and find this woman a husband. Mm. Or you need to go find someone to, like, you know, spend some time with this person. Like, it's it's actually not easy to set people up. It's not a simple thing. Homer doesn't seem to have that many friends. Maybe personal question, but have you ever had tra- friends try to set you up with other friends? Uh, once or twice, yeah. It's not a common occurrence. It has happened. Yeah, I've 
I've had friends try to set me up, but I tend to say, oh, no, sorry, I'm not going to get involved in this. <laughs> I feel like... Because I don't like people. You don't like people, no. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, TV shows often make dating look like a much smoother, easier process than I have ever found it to be. Mm. Nowhere near as smooth, smooth and easy as your robotic underarms, right, Space James? Uh... A program not found. Uh, so Homer goes out, and he becomes the Terminator. Why is your face flashing, flashing with error four hundred four? I need to upgrade my firmware. I guess is that <laughs> not in my house? You're not okay. But Homer, he becomes the Terminator. Thematically enough, uh, thematically relevant to our banter, he becomes the Terminator. He can see information about people. Yes. So, I mean, the subtext here is. You know, it seems like he's trying to find a husband for Selma, but in actual fact, he's looking for Sarah Connor so that he can kill her. Is she a um a relative of yours? No, my name is O'Connor. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You know how many people have made this fucking joke? O'Connor. <laughs> so many people. Anyway, uh, doesn't find Sarah Connor, so he doesn't manage to kill her, but he does find a skin dog. And he says to Skin Dog, come back to my place. Uh, I want you to fuck my mother-in-law. And then things will be okay. That's- mother-in-law? <laughs> A sister-in-law. Yes. <laughs> Once you're done with my mother-in-law, <laughs> I need to move on to the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and they... Uh- <laughs> so Skinner comes around and uh, falls in love with the wrong sister... Yes. In a wacky turn of events. In a Freaky Friday body switch <laughs> Friday night movie double starring Lindsay Lohan as Patty and Selma. <laughs> no movie double. I don't know. <laughs> I ran out of words. Now, the interesting thing here is if you continue on, because um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but The Simpsons actually continues on for quite a few episodes after this. Sure. And uh, eventually it's revealed that Patty is gay. Sure. She is, uh, she's not interested in men because she's, um, it's interesting because she is presented as like celibate in these early episodes. Yeah. Or like asexual, but mm. she was gay. And, uh, sure. the early episodes are kind of timid and squeamish about that. There's mm. the homosexual joke in the same episode yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah. doesn't necessarily play particularly well. Yeah. But in this one, she goes on a lot of dates with Skinner. Skin dog. Not really that into it. And they play it off as uh, she's just too attached to her sister to really want to date, you know, like they're a, sure. like a couple and Patty's asexual and Selma's desperate to get out of this coupling but can't. Mm. Interesting sort of dynamic, I think. Uh, don't know that it really goes anywhere, but it's, uh, it's something. Well, It yeah. was on the television. Yeah. I've got nothing to add. Yeah. <laughs> they go and see Space Mutants 5. Which is the follow-up to Space Mutants 4. Space Mutants 5, The Land Down Under. Yes. But when it saw Space Mutants 4 in the previous season. Oh, yeah. With uh, Jimbo and Kern Dog and uh, what's-his-face? Dolfo. Dolfo. The guy whose hair you want to steal. Yep. And, uh, and now we're up to Space Mutants 5. And I feel like, is this the last we see of the Space Mutants in The Simpsons? Do they I come back? I enjoyed, though, that it was, the, uh, that it was um, set in Australia. Yeah. And uh, what is it, like a dingo has been killed by a wallaby? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, don't worry about that. It must have been a wallaby. The thing that people don't understand about Australia is that wallabies are a constant dangerous presence. Yes. Just on the way here, I got attacked by oh. a wallaby. Oh, we yeah. should get you to a hospital. Yeah. I mean, I so I have bled all over your couch, but... Uh, oh, no. It is, you know, that, we, have, why, that, we have laws and regulations. You know, if a wallaby attacks you, what you have to do is place a circle of eucalyptus leaves down on the ground and the wallaby will step into there. And it's also and let you pass. It's also one of the tiny cultural differences between like Australia and America. You know, mm. in America, the books are called Where's Waldo. Yeah. Here, they're called Where's Wallaby. <laughs> subtitle: Get the fuck away. Yeah. Yeah. Because you here in Australia, we teach our children to be able to look through a a very densely populated crowd mm. in a city square. Yeah. Spot the wallaby mm. and fuck off. Yeah. It's really interesting, like, um, they've got, like, um, like you said, they've got Where's Wally, whereas we have, like, universal healthcare. Very different. <laughs> no, they have Where's Waldo. Yeah, that's what they have. Yeah. What do we have? Where's Wally. Wally. Yeah, that's right. And universal healthcare. Yeah. And universal healthcare. Yeah. 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 Which is good. It's a good thing. Get on board. Uh, what else do we have in this episode? There's a line in this episode that hits me fucking hard, or sure. resonates with me really hard. Yeah. When Patty and Skinner are walking back from their date and talking about how bad the movie was and mm-hmm. the restaurant was, mm-hmm. Skinner says to Patty, isn't it nice we hate the same things? Yeah. And I legitimately feel like that is one of my main criterias in friendships and relationships. <laughs> a lot of my friendships, especially, are built on... Hating the same things or having issues with the same things or just, uh, I have friends who like most of our conversations are complaining about very specific things that we both don't like. Yeah. It's like how you and I both have a dislike for cinema. Uh, I got some uh, bad news for you about that one. Oh. Uh, Turns out that I, I enjoy films. Mm. I prefer films. Nick. Yes. Have you ever seen The Godfather? No. What about The Godfather? Wait a bit. What? Part two. Part two? Part two. Uh, no. What about John Wick Chapter Two? Oh, the movie about um, Arthur John Wick, the accountant, or who? Yeah, yeah, one? that one. Yeah. No. Okay, it's good. What right, about uh, Too Fast, Too Furious? Actually, I may have seen that one. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Not a prepared bit, just a weird thing we did. Yeah, I've seen uh, one, three, five, six, seven, and eight. I've seen. I uh, I know that I've seen one of them, and it was probably. Wait, hang on. Is Too Fast, Too Furious? Was that the one that was actually number two? Yes. Cool. I may have seen it. I don't know. Okay. Did it have like cars and and like races with, with I explosions? I just said I haven't seen it, bro. Oh fuck! I thought you may have read a pricey dude. Well, okay. Uh, Vin Diesel's not in that one. So, did any cars move oh. at any rate other than a quarter of a mile at a time? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think a couple of them, uh, a couple of them may have done. Okay, so, so that yeah. was probably too fast, too furious. Yeah, interesting. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Add, add that to the list of movies I've seen. <laughs> Possibly. Which one day I'm going to get printed on a shirt? <laughs> so, a uh, bit of a weird thing with this one as well. Yeah. A little note that I have here: this episode acts like uh, the principal is the only figure of authority at this school yes. when he is. Consumed by love. The school sort of falls apart in the background of this episode. It's not really a big deal, but uh, 
Like, Bud is running ramshot all over the place. Mm. He's gone fucking mental. Mm. The whole school is being wrecked by the students. Nobody's attending class anymore, it seems. No. It, they treat it like Skinner was the only figure with any authority at the school, which is not how a school typically operates. And also not how Skinner is typically shown. He's normally quite ineffectual. Yeah. But in um, this one, just because he's wandering around too in love to really do anything, the school yeah. falls apart. Which also brings in the sort of maybe awkward message that being deeply in love um, means well, that you'll become ineffectual in other areas and unable to complete the duties that are the core part of your life. Like, being, it's a sacrifice to fall in love. Being in love will ruin your life. Mm. Love will tear you apart. Again. I don't know how I feel about that. I um, I, uh, I like The it. Simpsons. It's a good TV show, mm. mostly. But I don't know, this. This is, again, a case of sitting down and watching this episode with a pen in hand and thinking, oh, that's a bit weird. Yeah. To know about that. That's a bit off. A bit off. Yes. Uh, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange message because on, the, on a surface level, Skinner's very happy. Yeah. On a deeper level, he's about to lose his job for being shit. Yeah. So he's not happy. Also, there is a visual homage in here to the movie Vertigo. Vertigo. Yes. Where Skin Dog is going up the stairs. Yep. And he looks down and he sees the staircase and there's that panning shot. Ripped right out of Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Really nice shot. Love that shot. Like the little uh, homage to it here. Not really sure what it has to do with anything that's happening in the episode. Which in no way resembles the movie Vertigo. Except in one that I noted. And it's a good thing I remember that because I was just going to end the sentence there. And I remembered. No, wait. I did actually have a note here. Sure. So one of the interesting things about the movie Vertigo that I often think about is Hitchcock talking about that movie said that he liked to have in his movies what he calls the icebox moment. And the icebox moment is meant to be you see the movie, you go home, you fix yourself a drink, you're getting ice out of the icebox, and while you're getting the ice out, you think, wait a minute, what the fuck was going on with that other thing early on? That doesn't make any sense. Is that a direct quote from Hitchcock? I don't think he said what the fuck, but the icebox moment is a real thing he talked about. So, to me, I thought the icebox moment here was what the hell was going on with Barney in that phone call. That bothered me. I kept thinking about it. Because Homer calls Barney at night when he gets back. Yeah. Barney's calling in the morning. We can't account for the hours. Yeah. He was off doing whatever else. My icebox moment was when when Skinner proposes to Patty. Patty. Yep. And she says, it's not that I don't love you. And he responds with, you love me, Kalu Kalei. Kalu Kalei. My icebox moment was, what the living shit is Kalu Kalei? <laughs> I've since looked it up and it's a line from Jabberwocky. A line from Jabberwocky. So it's another reference that's just thrown in just for fun. So is Skinner a Monty Python fan? Possibly. Is that what we had to take from this? He's got a very silly walk. He does have a silly walk. Unlike that guy with a nice stride from earlier in the episode. Ah, nice stride. Colin's complete stranger. Yeah. Something we forgot to mention from the previous episode. And since we're basically at the end now, I'm going to bring this up. Mm -hmm. Did you have any Norm Watch moments? Did you spot Norman in either of these episodes? Well, let's have a look at both Homer versus Lisa on the Eighth Commandment and Principal Charming for potential Norms. Because I, Mm. like Homer, with the green interface, the Terminator 2... T2, whatever it is, I haven't seen films, that interface, I am on constant scan for potential norms. Yep. When they're watching the boxing fight through Homer's illegal cable connection, 
there are a couple of potential norms. Oh, there are. We uh, we took a photo of a crowd shot here. I put it up on Instagram, but uh, I mean, this podcast does not have an Instagram. It's on my Instagram. I put it up on Twitter, which is what I should have led with because that is the... And I also think it's probably going to be the podcast episode art for this episode, would you say? I would hope so if I remember yes. to do that. <laughs> Please remember to do that. Now, there are lots of interesting characters in this shot. I think it's, it's probably... Right, we should explain where this shot is. It's right near the end where a bunch of people have come around to the Simpsons house to watch the boxing match. Homer and his family buddies are outside. Yes. And it's a shot of them all celebrating the outcome of the match. Now, something I enjoy first off before we get to this is the Simpsons do not keep a TV in this room. Yep. They are currently staring at where the fireplace should be. But there's a TV there. The only reason that has been done, as far as I can see, is to make the framing of the window epiphany that Homer has Mm. work. Yes, because Homer sees his family outside by the window and he goes out to join them and then he can see in, they can see out. The Simpsons does a lot of this early on. Like They'll just switch around the geography of the house just for the sake of framing things in a room that makes more sense. They do enjoy bending the geography. Yeah. I mean, they... There's one room that gets invented for one scene later this season that we'll eventually get to in Three oh, Men in a Comic Book. I'm looking forward to it. Um, now, there's maybe... Um, it's worth going through some of these characters. So, if you can see the, the screenshot we're talking about, uh, I'm going to start from the very left. There's a guy in some glasses. He's got dark hair. He's holding like a cup in the air. I reckon that is uh, renowned... Spanish-born blind guitar player Jose Feliciano. Okay, sure. Um, the screenshot we're looking at right now. So you think Jose Feliciano uh, just pops up in the Simpsons household? and Yeah, I think he's come around to, yeah. weirdly, to watch a boxing match. Is it insensitive for me to say a blind man's there to watch a boxing match? You can listen to a boxing match. You can listen to a boxing match. Good point. We've also got Kearney's dad in this scene. Uh, he's yeah, down in the bottom right. Yep. We probably people aren't going to look at this screenshot. It's fine. We can just uh, oh. paint a picture with our words. Okay, with our words. Uh, in front of Kearney's dad, we've got some guy who's flapping like a bird. Yep. But it's given a bird the man. given the angle of his uh, right arm, so on our left, looks like he's dislocated his shoulder, mm. and there appears to be a pool of blood on his knee. So I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what's been happening with this guy. But he's cooked, I'd say. There is a character who looks weirdly like he belongs in the cartoon Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls? Yes, he has the exact art style of the TV show Gravity Falls. He's got like the the mouth positioning, the big eyes, just the little detail. He's a Gravity Falls character. There's a fucking Gravity Falls character in this scene. I've never seen the show Gravity Falls, but I feel right in saying this. Well, I actually think... Um, that he looks like uh, a hideous Smurf come to life, and then behind the hideous Smurf is a monster. Is someone with a monster the, man the tiniest eyes I've ever seen? Mm. Who I can only assume is Mister Magoo. He he kind of looks like if you stuck Homer in the microwave. Oh yeah, microwave Homer. Yeah, a lot of people wearing shirts and ties at this at this uh, boxing fight. 
I think the important thing to get to here is, are any of these people Norman? Do we see Norman here? Norman, who we heard from in the first episode. Do we see Norman? Who Homer asked you pardon his galoshes, who then mysteriously disappeared, who you believe is skulking around in the background of Springfield, possibly influencing events, possibly he's just traveling through and uh, participating and just... Uh, I I think that you have mischaracterized Normwatch. Normwatch is just a, glo- a, a a gleeful little hunt for some guy that I don't think ever reappears. I'm not saying he's a big player in the grand scheme of things. He might be an absolute Norman nobody. I just want to know if he pops up again. I reckon there's a contender. So, uh, they're standing next to Smithers. We see a guy with with like dark grey, blackish hair. He's got a very big nose. Yeah. He's wearing a suit and what appear to be dress shoes rather than sneakers. Now, who dresses well? Real estate agents. Sure. What do we think that Norman might be? He might be Mr. Norman Plute. He might be Mr. Plute, the That's real right. estate agent from Treehouse of Horror. Huh. I reckon I reckon old guy, and also weirdly, by the way his mouth is drawn, it kind of looks like he's just got an enormous blonde moustache with his uh, salt and pepper hair, which is a bit confusing. Uh, but tell you what, typical Norman, I think. So, we think this man, who is to the far right of the frame in this one shot, might be Norman? I think it might be Norman. Do you think in America uh, there's a different name for this game we're playing, Find Norman? Where's Norman? Uh, where's Normo? Yeah. yeah where's Normo here? It might be Where's Normie over there. Normie? Yeah. Oh, you mean the people on Facebook that share the terrible memes? The Normies. The Normies. Yeah. Are we Normies? I don't share memes. What is a meme exactly? Well... That's all we have time for here on Pods in the Key of Springfield. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Find us on all the places. Um, yep. Uh, Key Springfield on Twitter. Uh, Pods in the Key of Springfield on Facebook. Please like, subscribe, do the things you know you're meant to do when you like a podcast. Mm. Uh, Squarespace, that mattress company, you know, the ads. Uh, use oh. MailChimp, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's that's weird that you do a bunch of half-assed plugs for companies that aren't sponsoring us. And when you said Squarespace, I thought you meant Foursquare, and I was like, what, are we advertising social <laughs> defunct social media sites we're no longer on? Yeah, make uh, sure you check in on Foursquare. Find us on Bebo. Yeah. Uh, look us up on Friendster. Yeah, we, un- we uh, upload everything on Vimeo. Is Vimeo still a thing? Vimeo is still a thing. Okay, well, uh, you can find videos of us dabbing on Vine. Vine's no longer a thing. Yeah, I know. That was the joke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but dabbing. Dabbing is going to be around forever. I've been furiously dabbing this whole time. Dabbing uh, especially after you upgraded your firmware. Do we have anything else we need to say here? Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast that you have been listening to. And which, with has, us. which has been... Pods. In the key. Of. Springfield. Wizzle Wazzle. Cheetos. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, Bye. I brought some munchies. <laughs> In Springfield. <laughs> uh, so.
I think my mum is listening to this podcast now. I don't know if that means that I should be more careful with what I say or just accept that my mum will now know everything about um, me. I genuinely hope my mum never learns of the internet's existence. Because <laughs> um, hey, my sister is listening, and she is twelve years old. Oh. but you know she's she's uh, she's weathered at this point. She understands. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> Uh, hello to the, to your mum and your sister. Yep, if we end up putting this as the, the sting at the end. 